Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Shedcast, the official podcast of the Shedinburgh Fringe Festival. Well, we're in exciting times now. Um, we're into uh, the portion of the run which comes from the Soho Shed. We did the Traverse, we did the remote performances, and now we're into the Soho as of tonight. So tonight, we get to see Jade Adams give her performance which is going to be entailing memories of the Fringe, of all the time she's been at the Fringe. Uh, and I'm given to understand that it's going to be very funny and heartwarming and wonderful. Can't wait to see it. That's at 7.30 tonight. So if you want to get tickets to that, remember it only happens once. You can't pause or rewind it. You can't download it. 7.30 tonight, it only happens then. So if you want tickets, you go to shedinburgh.com. It's a minimum price of £4, which is, I'm sure you'll agree, a bargain to see such a top-end comedian. So, today I'm getting a chance to talk to Lucy Paul uh, after last night's Immigrant Jam, which I've got to tell you was absolutely brilliant. I don't know if, if you got a chance to see it. I hope you did, because it was outstanding. Um, I've seen I've seen live comedy make some attempts on Zoom and on online platforms, and this is by far the best I've seen. Um not because of a, anything technical, just I think they, they nailed something which was allowing the audience to be unmuted so that we could hear each other's laughter and we shared in something and the sense of us having a shared comedy experience was really strong last night. It felt like an intimate gig, although there were a lot of people there. Um, so it was just, yeah, it was great and the lineup was top class. Some comedians that I've never... That I had never seen before, but just just my type of thing. Odd, offbeat, kind of strange take on the world kind of stuff. Loved it. And Lucy hosted the evening. As she says in the interview, did a bit of material up top as well. She's great. Just full of energy um, and really funny. So it was a great night. So I would encourage you, even if you didn't see the show, to, to look up the details and see some of those names. Because they've all got social media accounts and all the acts were tremendous give them a follow and, you know, get involved and see what else they're doing. I know that Lucy does the show Immigrant Jam on Twitch as well, which is uh, another chance to see that type of thing. She's been doing that throughout lockdown. So um, that wasn't your only chance to see Immigrant Jam, but it was your only chance to see that lineup and that show. And it was completely live, which was just an amazing experience. A great thing to be part of. And it was so cool to talk to Lucy because she's highly experienced she's done so much work over the years and all different types of work within different fields um some of you will know her as mercy from overwatch which is a, a video game she's voiced this uh, lead character in a video game which has brought her fame and success in one area of her life meantime as she talks about she's hustling and waiting tables and doing stand-up gigs and it's an amazing story so i'm so delighted she took the time out to chat to me she did that from her new york apartment so as ever with these remote things you'll have to forgive any little fluctuations in sound we do everything we can to make it seamless um, and it does sound lovely but uh I'm, you know i'm a stickler as you know for sound so uh, i hope you'll forgive if you notice any little bumps but it was great to talk to lucy and um She's just she's a great force and energy to have on the show, and uh, yeah, going into the the week of or the two weeks of uh, shows that are coming to you from the Soho, that's very exciting. Um, I wish I could be there. I tried so hard to be there uh, in person to do these interviews in person, but I just couldn't make it work. Which means I get to stay in the comfort of my own wee shed here in Glasgow, and uh, 
talk I'll be talking to the guests on, on the day of their performance before they go on stage you know in the afternoon before they're getting ready to go on for the evening and then we'll all see the performance at 7 30 and then the following day you'll hear the interview so it's a kind of a roundabout way of doing it but it means that the next day you get a wee bit as I say a wee bit of insight into to what makes them tick where this stuff came from whatever it is you know if it's about the writing of it or or the research or you know what their comedy styles are or whatever um it's the following day we get a wee bit of we get to have a leveling session let's say we mop up and we chat about what it was like and stuff like that so my advice to you is book tickets watch the shows at half past seven and then come over here and listen to this podcast at midday the next day and every day to get that wee bit of insight so that's how we're going to proceed it's uh, it's wonderful to be part of it and it seems to be going swimmingly well so remember if you want to get tickets shedinburgh.com and if you want to support this podcast i won't go over all the details again but basically you can become a patron and donate for a very small amount or you can give as much as you want by going to puttingittogethercast.com and clicking the yellow donate button so now it's time for my chat with the wonderful lucy paul she's with me and we are putting it together Do you remember, like, when we met, by any chance? Yeah, of course. Oh, you do? With Gary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We sat in the front row of your show. <laughs> I know. I was trying to remember what, like, what happened that night, because I remember you talking for quite a long time to someone in the second row about something, you know, like, when you when it's a smallish crowd and you end up getting involved directly with someone's life. Yeah. There was something, but I can't remember what it was. Yes. Oh, my God. I can't remember either, wasn't it? Oh my God, I can't. I mean, there's so many I know. moments in Edinburgh shows. I feel like it was something to do with like wh- where they were from or like you were both, you both had German heritage or something like that. Oh my God. They were really? from some European, mainland European country or something. That's just vaguely what I'm, I don't know. And anyway, I remember really enjoying the show anyway. Oh, good. That's good. Yeah. That's always positive. Uh, yeah, I mean. I think yeah. I was talking to someone about how amazing the show was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it must have been that, yeah. <laughs> he just couldn't keep quiet. He was just yelling, oh my God, it's the best <laughs> thing ever. <sighs> so tell me about Immigrant Jam. Is is this a lineup that you've kind of put together? Uh, yes. So Immigrant Jam is a show that I started doing in New York about, oh God, two years ago. No, mm. almost three years ago, I guess. It was after um, the election. I was living in Queens and I was like, oh my God, I this is the first time in my life that I feel like an immigrant. Like I feel viscerally, like I feel kind of threatened or, or vulnerable in my mm in my being an immigrant, um, which obviously is because of the orange Cheeto. Um, can we curse on this? <laughs> yeah, you can swear. You yeah. can say whatever you want. The orange Cheeto ass fuck. Oh, great. I can curse. <laughs> my favorite way to describe him. Um, and, uh, you know, I was eight when we moved here from Germany to New York. And I and New York is so diverse, obviously, and, and so different than anywhere else in the world that living here as an immigrant, you don't feel vulnerable or different you know it's no of like, course not yeah it's like almost if you're not from somewhere else you're not a real new yorker so that was the first time that i felt like oh my god i 
you know, I, I, I'm still not a citizen, although I grew up here and they're saying they want to deport people and they want to like make things harder for people to become citizens and they're, yeah. you know, really marginalizing immigrants. And so I was like, I want to do something that celebrates immigrants. So that's why I started this show. And, right. um, and so, yeah, I've been running it in New York. I, I did four of uh, the immigrant jam shows in Edinburgh last year. I did four Thursdays at the Gilded Balloon Mm -hmm. um, along with my other show. And uh, now I've been running it on Twitch since the pandemic. So yeah. And oh, the, cool. Yeah, the lineup um, for this one is really special to me because it's uh, mostly uh, people that I met in Edinburgh, except Daniel Simonson and Athir um, Yacoub. But Daniel, you know, obviously won the festival a few years ago as Best mm -hmm. Newcomer. And I met him here in New York. But uh, Luca and Yuriko, Ishan... They all are people I met in Edinburgh early on when they were just starting out and I was just starting out. And so it's really cool. Right. Um, and is the idea that they are immigrants in any sense or they're immigrants who live in New York? or The idea for the show really is to have immigrants on either first generation or, you know, um, no generation. <laughs> Eureka mm -hmm. and uh, Luca are immigrants in the UK. They live in the UK. Luca's from Italy and Eureka's right. Japanese. Daniel's Norwegian. He's an immigrant here. He lives in New York. Athir was born in the States, but she, um, but her parents are immigrants. Um and Ishan was born in the UK, but his parents are immigrants. So I think that that, for me, that's really interesting, like a mix of people that are immigrants themselves and then um, the ones that grew up with the immigrant experience. Um, yeah. Even though they're citizens or, you know, native really to, to the country they live in. But it's just a different experience if you have parents that don't speak English well or that, you know, are are from a different country and a different culture and and kind of made a life um in mm. in this new country that you were born in so um so that's because it may be that you're you're brought up and that you've been born in the country in question but in fact your experience at home is of almost a completely different culture if your parents are from elsewhere well yeah exactly and it's really interesting to grow up with this like cross-cultural identity mm. um and i you know i was eight when we moved here so uh so you know, my my dad's my dad's English is really bad. He talks like this, you know, and if he doesn't know a word in English, then he just zakes in Deutsch, you know. Um, <laughs> and my mother speaks English like this, and it's you know, um, and it's just you you grow up, uh, yeah, with this cross cultural identity. I guess at home, you know, a lot of us speak uh, the our parents' native language to our parents and you know, culturally, it's just a different experience. So um, I think yeah. there's, yeah, it's just interesting. Um, makes for a different sort of uh, experience also of of how you, f how much you feel a part of the the community or what whatever is happening around you, you know? You always yeah. sort of feel like you're part of, of another world as well. And so that's... Yeah, of course. And then does that mean that the, the remit for material at these nights is, is quite strict or is it broad enough that it's just what brings you together as the immigrant label, if you like? Yeah. So that's an interesting question, because in the beginning I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't want like I hate anything that's exclusive or that's like 
yeah. sort of restrictive. So I, I, I was like, I don't really want the, to, to tell the comics that they have to do, you know, immigrant material, immigration material, you know. Mm -hmm. Although, obviously, um, those experiences uh, are bring a lot of material with them. Um, but uh, so... So I just kind of left it up to them. And what I experienced doing the shows, which was so special, is that it doesn't really matter if they do specific immigration material because their perspective and their point of view is colored by that background and by that experience. And yeah. and, and because that's part of their identity, you know, it's it, it isn't their whole identity obviously being an immigrant or having an immigrant background but it is part of their of our identity whether we like it or not as immigrants or people with immigrant backgrounds and um so what ended up happening is that every show sort of felt like this little trip around the world um which was yeah. really cool uh without you know hammering down on the immigrant um theme or material it's just it's not even necessary it just kind of happens organically so that that's been really cool with the show that's sort of been my favorite part that i think sometimes stand-up shows that have like packed lineups you know even if the if all the comics are fucking out of this world hilarious yeah it you get like a little bit or at least for me, you get a little bit tired after a while, even of just like laughing really hard or just like jumping into somebody else's brain, you know. Um, but with Immigrant Jam, what's really nice is that it's just this like umbrella and somehow, therefore, it creates like it, it ties it together and it yeah. sort of just creates this arc. I don't know. Organically, it's very strange. Because we need light and shade, don't we? We don't just... Because you can't go full pelt all the time. As you say, just having everything available to you. Look at when you turn on Netflix. Everything's there. Yeah. But it doesn't mean you're constantly watching wonderful movies. You spend most of your time saturated and sitting, scrolling through, trying to pick something. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I guess if you have a, a natural kind of a light and shade or an ebb and flow, that's much more conducive to a good night, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say ebb and flow in terms of the funny... But I mm -hmm. think it, it kind of, it's strange. It just kind of um, puts the, the, the show into, like, gives it context, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's weird how you can just be like, okay, it's called Immigrant Jam and I curate it so the people on have immigrant backgrounds or are immigrants themselves. And so, therefore, you kind of just get context to also the the people that you're listening to and the perspectives that you're getting you know because you're yeah. kind of going oh cool like where's this person from and and because the show is called immigrant jam most comics will make a mention of like well you know i'm from texas uh so maybe i shouldn't yeah, be yeah. on this show but my parents you know um, yeah they kind of are almost forced to kind of refer to it or at least acknowledge it yeah, exactly. And yeah. and because I hate anything that's exclusive, I have people on that aren't immigrants sometimes, um, mm -hmm. especially if they're like from out of state, like Alabama. And I'll be like, well, you know, you might as well be an immigrant <laughs> in New York. <laughs> and in Edinburgh, the same. It's like, well, you know, you're from 
Aberdeen, so you might as well be an immigrant in Yeah, that'll Edinburgh. do just fine. Yeah. <laughs> We're not accepting visitors from Aberdeen at all now because they're all quarantined, you know. Oh, really? Or Cumbernauld. Yeah. Isn't that supposed to be the ugliest city in the world or something like that? It does have a distinct flavour of that, yes. <laughs> it has a lot of roundabouts and tower blocks. God bless them. Um, I, I know from your previous, like, from seeing you in shows and stuff, that you kind of straddle two different worlds as well in, in your work because you have this overwatch thing where you're this famous voice for this game and also you're a comic yeah i mean you know i started out really as an actor so i'm also still an actor um mm. but yeah i think you know you kind of um uh have many different uh, irons in the fire <laughs> one does yeah um, this is how it works yeah the you know I, I voiced mercy on overwatch and that was a gig that i got and i had no idea it would turn into what it turned into um i was just kind of like oh great i booked this um video game and I, mm -hmm. I didn't know much about video games and then it just kind of exploded and and turned into this like sort of career on its own it's very weird yeah um, and I started doing comic cons and um, I became this like video game celebrity. And so yeah. the show obviously that you saw was all about how I'm like this video game celebrity and then um, just a regular person with a bathtub in her kitchen in my normal life. So like <laughs> online yeah, yeah, hero, yeah. real life zero. That, that was the idea <laughs> of the show. But yeah, it's it's a funny thing. Although it all kind of comes together, you know, it's just kind of um, if you if you've been in the industry for long enough it kind of uh, organically ha happens that you sort of branch out into different areas of it so i guess the voiceover work is just another area yeah. of the performance. you just end up with this sort of patchwork of of stuff that keeps you afloat i suppose and as you say like one of them can just take off yeah and it exactly. might not even affect the other ones i guess yeah i guess you also just like throw things at the wall and see what sticks yeah <laughs> you know um the voiceover stuff was always just like a side thing for me. Um, I, I started out doing like uh, language learning programs in German. I'd sit in a booth mm -hmm. for like eight hours and just read vocabulary words with no intonation. Like laufen, gehen, sehen for eight hours. So I've, I've really paid my dues. Then I dubbed um, Khloe Kardashian for, for German TV, Keeping Up With The Kardashians, which was Amazing. like... Oh mein Gott, Lama, was machst du da, Kim? Wollen wir noch ein Selfie machen? Lass uns shoppen gehen. <laughs> Does someone transcribe it all and then you sit with a script of what she said? Oh my God, I can't believe you asked me this question because the someone that transcribed it was also me. Oh, good um, so luck. Yeah, so I had this gig for a while where I would like, I, I, um, I was, oh my God, I was hustling so hard. I was waiting tables at night at the meatball shop here in New York, a mm -hmm. place that exclusively sells meatballs. And then during the day, I was doing auditions and classes. And then at night, I would translate these dialogue books for like trash TV, for reality TV. Keeping wow. Up with the Kardashians, Girls of the Playboy Mansion, Chicagolicious. Um, That's amazing. Kendra, yeah. So you um, didn't have to watch it necessarily because it was transcribed in English already. No, you just have to sit I had and troll to, through it. No, no. So what I, it was not transcribed in English. What oh. I had to do was go through the entire episode, time code it. Every time somebody spoke, I had to stop it, time oh code it, and then translate it. And um, reality TV is like a lot of like, oh my God, hey, what? Ew. What are you doing? Right. Oh my God. Ew, ew. So it was... um. 
kind of a nightmare but also like before that i was always like oh my god it's so fun to watch reality tv when you're in a hotel room and like just turn your brain off after that gig which i did for like almost two years um i yeah it's like a trigger for me now i'm like oh no i can't watch it get away from me exactly (laughs) and so for keeping up with the kardashians they'd also have me dub do the voice for um for chloe uh, when I when I'd be in Berlin, they'd have me do that. But um, but yeah, it was interesting. One of the interesting jobs I've had. Oh, uh, what, Made in Chelsea. I translated maybe like fifty episodes of that shit. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, but so, you still had to wait tables. I mean, it can't have been that lucrative. You, no, it wasn't. Imagine, they I think paid, that these things are super lucrative. No, no, no. They paid. They, I think they paid like two fifty per script or like two hundred euros per script script. oh my god um yeah 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 it wasn't that no it was pretty shitty wow um and a lot of work like it took so long it would take me like a good mm, six hours per um sorry new york uh per uh per script to get that done for like a half hour episode Yeah. yeah wow so tell us about i mean i'm going to talk about tonight because we're talking on the day of the show people are going to hear this tomorrow it's all about weird but tell me a little bit about the lineup tonight and and what how how involved are you in the performance like how big is your set well yeah that's the thing um i always pack it and then i'm like oh my god my set uh so yeah, <laughs> yeah. i'm hosting it you know i do some time up top and then in between the comics the lineup for yesterday <laughs> was well amazing no the lineup for tonight <laughs> um is Really amazing. Luca Cupani, who um, won, uh, I, I think he won So You Think You're Funny in, ooh, I want to say 2015. He's Italian. Mm. He's absolutely incredible. He's um, one of the, like, rising comedy stars in the UK. He's so funny. He's dry. He's so, he's like self-deprecating. He, I love his style. He's so mm. intelligent. He's just really great. Um, and we met in 2015 in Edinburgh. Um, and then Yuriko Kotani, who's Japanese, um, I met her. She also, she, she won So You Think You're Funny or she plays second. Um, and I was one of the judges in that competition and I right. um, voted for her and she is uh, so different, so unique. She, uh, you know, emigrated to the UK from Japan, I think only about five, six years ago. Um, she's really great. Uh, then we've got Ishan Akbar, who is, you know, born in the UK uh, immigrant parents. Uh, he is all over the place. He hosts a million different BBC shows. He has his own show that's, I think, going up on the BBC soon. Um, wow. He's so great. One of my favorite people. We pretend that in, in an alternate universe we're married. Um, and then we've got Athir Yacoub, who is um, based here in New York who um, is also uh, a sort of rising comedy star here in the U.S. Um, Really funny, really interesting. She has a show coming out. Oh, she just, her pilot just won some big competition. I'm really good at doing research on my guests. I'm like, he hosts (laughs) some show. She's on some, 
Yeah. Um, and then Daniel Simonson, who is a, um, uh, what's it called now? The Edinburgh Comedy Prize. We can't keep up. It was the Perrier uh, Award. Then it was the oh, Dave know, Award. Now, oh, was it? I think so. It's like... Um, See, I live in the world where we talk about fringe firsts because we're, <laughs> that's the theatre the theater people. Oh, different. I'm sorry. We're I'm not so sophisticated sorry. enough for your fringe <laughs> first. Yes, so he won the uh, Newcomer Award in, right. I think, 2013. And he wow. is one of the funniest people in the world, I think. Also one of my favorite people. He's been on Immigrant Jam um, here in New York. A million times uh they all have all the comics so yuriko and luca were both on it in edinburgh ishan mm -hmm. was doing a show at the same time so he couldn't be on it but he's been on the twitch show that i've done that i've been doing and um athir and daniel have been on many many times and it's a really great lineup and i'm so bummed for everybody listening that it was yesterday <laughs> but hopefully those people listening will have seen it and they'll be saying agreeing with you yeah exactly. it was fantastic so where has it where has it actually been performed what's the space oh it's being performed in my shed aka my apartment so oh in your actual apartment yeah in my actual apartment and because new york apartments are so small they might as well be sheds or sure, mine yeah. at least um so i didn't even <laughs> have to do anything i was like do you guys want me to do anything to this to turn it into a shed and they were like no because our sheds are still nicer than your two thousand dollar apartment <laughs> we have we have bathtubs in the middle of our sheds too <laughs> exactly um so <laughs> yeah I, I was thinking should i just do the show from my bathtub and like pan over to my um stove that's right across um <laughs> just for some comedic value but i think i'll keep it in the living room i think that's good yeah. so you still live in that same place that you describe in the show oh yeah, the bathtub yeah, yeah in the kitchen and everything yes yes it's actually a very cute place it's so new york oh my god of course. um uh yeah i'm in the east village which i really love um i love the east nice. village so i don't want to i don't want to leave for now and they're saying rents are dropping it's so funny because people are like rents are dropping drastically and it's like yeah they're going down 10 percent right now so it's like still so ridiculously fucking expensive call yeah. me when they're down 89 percent you know what i mean and then it's bearable <laughs> yeah exactly then we can talk but you have to be there really don't you you have to be there or in la if you want to do stand-up so is that right absolutely yeah i think new york has better stand-up than la but everybody in new york thinks that um, yeah and everyone in la thinks the opposite of course i think so although i'm not sure they think much in la um <laughs> burn um uh yeah uh so yeah it's new york or la i mean there are other cities that have comedy scenes obviously philadelphia atlanta houston i guess um there are other cities that yeah. that have stuff going on but but at, at one point you have you're gonna have to move out to new york or la but th that's also like old world talk like pre-covid talk you know yeah, um true. who knows what's what it's gonna look like now we're the same you know with with anything in the uk people obviously eventually have to move to london but what's happening now is yeah as you say it's going to change who knows what's going to happen exactly well we look forward to it we're we're or, or we just really enjoyed it the show <laughs> Either way, <laughs> yeah, exactly. we look at it well done <laughs> exactly thank you it was such a good show oh my god so exciting <laughs> thanks for chatting to me lucy it was great thank you thank you Now, I'm sure you'll agree if you saw it. 
What a great show that was last night and so cool to, to chat to Lucy and to do it all the way from New York. I think that's the furthest afield this podcast has gone in terms of actual remote recording. So that's kind of cool. Uh, and I'm excited now to do these remote recordings for the next couple of weeks to bring you uh, extra info on the the Shedinburgh Fringe. So stick with Shedcast. We're here every day at 12 o'clock uh, and the episodes are all available in the back catalogue. And also there are episodes available from Putting It Together Proper, which um, you can get on wherever you get podcasts by searching Putting It Together. Um, so there are episodes for the last almost three years and there are longer form interviews. Most of those episodes are about an hour long. So if you're interested in this and you enjoy in Shedcast and you'd like a bit more, then go to Putting It Together and you can hear interviews with people from all across the creative industries uh, and those are, are a bit longer so you can settle and you can do the dishes, you can go for a nap, go for a walk or run, whatever it is that you do. Putting It Together is where you get your creative conversations. So join me tomorrow at 12 o'clock for the next episode of Shedcast. And until then, remember to go to shedinburgh.com, book your tickets, go and see Jade Adams tonight, and book your tickets for the rest of the festival well in advance because it's getting busier and busier. And thank you for all your support up till now. So, till tomorrow, cheerio now.